Hi, welcome to Authentically ADHD with your host, me, Carmen, where we talk all things ADHD, the good, the bad, the ugly. I give you tips and tricks, and I love talking about it. I'm an early childhood special education teacher. I am a certified life coach, and I'm a fellow ADHDer. We have a lot of topics that we can overshare and talk about. So let's get started. Hi, friend, and welcome back to the podcast. As you can probably tell, my voice is recovering. I am recovering from COVID. So I have put a little hold on my interviewing um, until I am fully healed. Yes, I had COVID. It's like the third time that I've had it. I work in a preschool, so getting sick is really nothing that is new to me. But I did notice this past time and the time before this how much getting sick and having ADHD really have to do with each other and how much more annoying your my ADHD symptoms were along with being sick. I mean, the brain fog alone that inhibits our executive functioning, which I will talk about, it's just, it's, it's really difficult. I mean, if you're an adult who's been recently diagnosed, if you've been diagnosed for years or since childhood, you do know that living with ADHD is hard. I mean, we earn these labels that we don't deserve, such as spacey, ditzy, messy, flighty, flaky, dumb, overreaction, like that we're an overreactor or that we're dramatic and so on. So in today's episode, I am going to explain why it's so hard and why we receive these labels and how to cope. This is also a great episode to share with a loved one to help them understand the complex disorder of ADHD to hopefully better support you. So when someone asks, what does it feel like to have ADHD? You'll have an answer. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hey, ADHD -er. Are you looking for some more support with your ADHD? Do you wanna learn more in a community with someone educated leading you to learn more about your ADHD and how to cope with it, I have great news for you. I am running my very first small group coaching this summer. It is the ADHD Bootcamp Learn to Manage Your Life with ADHD. It's nine weeks. You get access to workbooks, group coaching weekly, and I'm going to do an info session on April 3rd. You'll also get two one-on-one -on -one coaching calls with me to hone in on your goals for this program. I can't wait to see you in there. 
make sure you go to the link in my show notes or visit authenticallyadhd.org to get more information and sign up for the info call. Can't wait to see you there. ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder. It is grossly under-researched, named poorly, and stigmatized greatly. In my personal opinion, I feel that ADHD is under-researched, and I feel that that's because it is so complex. I want to also state that ADHD is a mental disorder, and it includes learning disabilities and or coexisting conditions such as anxiety, depression, OCD, substance use disorder, and others. Here's the thing. None of this is just because we are lazy or unmotivated, dumb, or ditzy. We actually are probably trying two times harder to do what a neurotypical person does daily without thinking much about it. There's actually brain science, which I will not link in the show notes, this this can be Googled, that there are fMRIs done and studies that have proven that a brain with ADHD is shaped and wired and develops differently than any other brain. That also means that all ADHD brains are developed differently meaning my ADHD brain is not like anyone else's ADHD brain. It's like autism, as in it's a spectrum. There's varying degrees of varying symptoms that can impact us in varying ways. So here's the science behind it in the simplest terms. Our cortex, the prefrontal cortex, is inhibited. It never fully develops, and if it does, it develops later in life. Don't worry, I'll be making sense of this sciencey talk soon. So, the cortex inhibited. Our amygdala, amygdala is smaller, and we have a lack of dopamine receptors and an impaired central nervous system as a result of how the brain reacts to things within the body. Yes, your central nervous system is attached to your brainstem, so your brain and the way that you react to things in your brain does affect your body. So the cortex is like a map of our brain, and it controls, like, so, okay. (laughs) The cortex is like the big map of our brain, and in it are the controls of the GPS, and it tells you how to do things, in what order, how much time that you have or need to do something. This is all called self-regulation, and it's one of the main overarching executive functions. You need self-regulation in order to use any of the other executive functions. They're all housed in the cortex, and so they are all impaired in some way. The others are emotional regulation, task initiation, follow-through, planning, and scheduling. I will go through these a little later in the episode. But this explains what Dr. Russell Ramsey says. It's not that we don't know what to do. It's that we don't know how to use what we know 
to do things. Uh, our self, because we have a lack of self-regulation and a lack of impulse control, it equals no free will. Our brains like to just get distracted and do what they want to do when they want to do it. Our brains don't have a concept of time and thinking in a big picture sense is really, really hard. I'm going to go through the 12 executive functions here. Now, there are different people, different researchers that like to lump these together, but I want to explain them separately so that that makes so that it makes sense at the end when I explain how they all work together. Hi friend, really quick, I would just love to ask you to scroll up on your podcast app and click the rating button and give me a rating. This way other people, they they can find this podcast in order to help them the way that it's helped you. If you don't know how to do that or you don't have the executive function to do that, just snap a screenshot and share it to your Instagram story and share it with a friend. Share it with anyone who you think would benefit because this helps me to help you help as many people who struggle with ADHD as possible. Thank you so much in advance. You're awesome. Like I said before, these functions are usually lumped together, and when I'm talking about them separately, I want you to keep in mind that they work together like cogs in a machine. Each one can impair another, making daily life harder to live. So first, I'm going to list them out, and then I'm going to go through a list of like the definitions of them. So... Executive functions, the 12. One, impulse control or response inhibition. I'm going to repeat that because that came out kind of clumpy. Number one is impulse control and or response inhibition. Two, emotional regulation. Three, sustained focus and attention. Four, working memory. Five, planning and prioritizing. Six, organization. Seven, goal-directed motivation. Eight, metacognition. Nine, stress slash frustration tolerance. Ten, task initiation. 11, time management, and 12, flexibility. So, those are the 12. Now I'm going to go through what these executive functions mean. Let's define them. They're all located, again, in our prefrontal cortex, which doesn't develop as fast as others or as, mm, let's see, They don't develop as fast as others, and if ours does fully develop, it's definitely later in life and not as developed. So here we go. Response inhibition or impulse control. 
This is the ability to stop and think before acting, resisting the urge to blurt out, press the buy now button, or drive in an unsafe manner. Our self-control is super limited. This is why you might find that a person with ADHD makes a lot of purchases that don't make sense, or why they do things without telling you, why they are a fly-by-the-seat-of-their-pants kind of person. Number two, working memory. This is one of my weakest areas. This is the ability to hold information in your brain while completing a complex task that either has to do with the information that's in your brain, so you have to hold the information while doing it, while using it, or you have to hold that information while doing a different task until you come to the task to use the information. See, even the definition is confusing. This completely explains why we lose track of where we are in a project, why we do tasks in a non-sequential order, and why we forget important things a lot, like why I run out of my house and back to my car and back into my house a bajillion times in the morning because I forgot yet another thing. Next comes emotional control. Now, this is not in the DSM-5. A lot of these executive functions are not. And I'll, I'm going to be honest with you right now, a lot of psychiatrists don't even have this knowledge. They are quickly trained in ADHD, OCD, complex trauma, and then they move on to just literally diagnose as they go. Please make sure you're educating yourself and your loved ones as we go. So again, round number three, emotional control. This is the ability to manage and process and evaluate our emotions in order to achieve goals and complete tasks. So this means that as the ADHD brain floods with emotion when it comes up, we are expected to manage, process, and evaluate the emotion as unimportant now we'll process later in order to finish the task. Because this is inhibited, if we don't know what to do with a big emotion, we end up throwing it at people. It can affect our work and home relationships really negatively. So, you know, you're doing a project at work and emotion comes up, you get frustrated and your, you know, neighbor person comes by to ask a question and you just completely go off on this person. That's emotional control. We have less of it. And again, we're already seeing how different um, executive functions can overlap um, because that impulse to yell is that's impulse control going along with emotional control. So the next one, number four, is sustained attention and focus. The ability to focus your attention on one task in spite of distractibility, fatigue, and or boredom. This is one of the reasons most ADHDers do not like the name of ADHD. Because we don't have a deficit of anything. We have plenty of attention. It's regulating the attention and using our attention in the correct ways that we struggle with. So the fact that we can't focus on paperwork, but we can focus on like our favorite game or something that's super interesting to our brain is completely different than us being lazy. 
This also has to do with task initiation, the begin the ability to begin a task with little to no procrastination and follow through to finishing the task. So task initiation involves starting and finishing the task, which by the way, most ADHDers find daily tasks boring, annoying, and tedious. So doing those things while being bored means we're tolerating emotions that we don't know how to control. Do you see where I'm going with this? They're all connected people. Number six, planning and prioritizing. Now, prioritizing is seriously one of probably the like worst. We can't prioritize for shit, for lack of better terms. We have an inability to list things in their priority order. Like there could be a huge project due at the end of the month and it's on your to-do list, but it's like number 10 instead of number one because we don't want to do it. So our priorities lie with more so what we would want to do and not what we should be doing. So here's the definition of planning and prioritizing. The ability to create a roadmap to achieve tasks this skill also involves decision-making and deciding what's important and what's not. Planning is creating the way to get there and prioritizing helps to make the path the most efficient. <sighs> ADHDers are known for making plans that make no sense and that are not efficient. We get there, but it's just very out of the box in the way that we think and the way that we create our roadmap to get to the end goal. I really don't want to make this into a two-part episode, which is why I'm talking kind of fast. You can slow me down or pause me if you need to. We're going on to number seven, goal-directed persistence. The capacity to have a non-fantasy goal. I'm going to repeat that non-fantasy goal, meaning achievable goal, and follow through to completion of the goal, not to be side sidetracked by competing interests. <laughs> I just have to laugh out loud here because ADHDers have, um, we're known for having several interests, so many um, incompleted projects and hobbies that we pick up and put down and pick up and put down. It's, it's just one of those things. Goal-directed persistence is also self-directed, self-directed, gold persistence. So making yourself do something, no matter, uh, no matter what else is really interesting, no matter how frustrated you get, no matter how much you, you fail and fall down. And we, we don't like to fail. We don't like, it makes us feel shameful, even though we, we shouldn't, but we don't, we don't like it. So, so Goal-directed persistence is really hard achieving those goals. Number eight, organization. The ability to create and maintain systems for keeping track of information or materials. Yep, the paper piles and clutter. See, ADHDers are actually like really good at creating systems for keeping track of information and stuff like that. We suck at maintaining and regulating them. We suck at maintaining them. So they got to be easy systems that you, that you can rebuild again and again.
The next one, number nine, is time management. This it could be made into an entire episode, which I'm sure I have one on time. Um, but I plan to do another one about scheduling very soon. But time management, this is where ADHDers are time blind. No, this just doesn't mean that we just can't see clocks and that we just don't see time or we're ignoring it. It means that the sense of passing time to our brain is distorted. So our ability to look to the past, to predict the future, for example, planning, is inhibited. It's our ability to truly know how much time we have and what we can do in that allotted amount of time. This includes meeting deadlines, running late for appointments, missing appointments, um, getting distracted and doing something and just all of a sudden you remember and then you come back to whatever it was and it's just ruined. Time and ADHD is super complicated. I need another entire episode to explain ADHD, the brain, and time, and how blind we are to it. Timers everywhere, clocks everywhere, alarms, I live by them. Yes. Number 10, flexibility. This one's not talked about a lot. Um, it's also referred to as cognitive flexibility or task switching. This is the ability to change plans due to obstacles, setbacks, new information, or mistakes. This also includes task switching. It involves black and white thinking. It involves interruptions and inability to change your mindset. Um, inability to change your mindset or change your plan. This is often associated with autism a lot because they're very rigid in their thinking and their scheduling. With ADHD, we have a hard time deviating from our brain's plan because we are so comfortable with the way that we are doing things. This can especially come into come in when we are in hyper focus and we're like super in depth focused on a project and somebody comes in and interrupts us and we have some kind of emotional explosion. Yeah, that's, that's probably why that happens. So letting your loved ones know that you're working and that you need to be left alone really helps out. Number 11, we're almost there, two more. Number 11 is metacognition. This is the ability to stand back and take a bird's eye view of yourself. So this is basically like the top tier of self-evaluation, which again is inhibited. It's the ability to evaluate our own behavior, monitor our own thoughts and problem solve. And it's the ability to ask ourselves, how are we doing it? And to answer it. This is really, really difficult because self-regulation for us is hard. We have a hard enough time just telling you what our emotion is rather than telling you what we're thinking, how our behavior is, and, and monitoring it as we go. Problem solving is part of that, and, and it's really hard to do along with everything else. 
Number 12 is stress slash frustration tolerance. This is the ability to perform in high stress slash chaotic environments. It's the ability to handle stress and basically keep going. This one is something that ADHDers, we tend to thrive in high stress work environments, but it's because we have high stress tolerance. We are able to continue go, 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 um, you know, in a high stress environment. But the trick here is that we burn out faster and we don't know it because of our lack of self-regulation. So those are the 12 executive functions. Now, in the beginning, I explained that these functions are usually working together when doing daily activities or tasks and when reacting to a change or when you're in a exchange with somebody. This is a simple, simple example of how this, of how these functions work together during a task. Take me writing this podcast, for example, and I have none of this part written down. Yes, I had the definitions written down, but take me doing this podcast, for instance. Now there's planning in there. There's, there's time management. I need to know how long is it going to take me to, to record this? Uh, there's flexibility if I get interrupted. Um, there's goal-directed persistence. What's my goal? I want to publish a podcast from beginning to end. That's researching. That's writing. That's planning. That's uh, marking out all of the different things I need to on my different devices to make sure that the podcast goes to the right places. That's, that's a lot of organization. Then there's writing it with sustained attention and focus. And in order to start doing any of that, I need task initiation. I need emotional control while I'm going through and talking about these because the urge for me to just yell and scream about why isn't all of this education there for all the psychiatrists in the world. Yes, I'm controlling and managing that right now because I treat my ADHD. Now, this has a lot to do with our dopamine. This has a lot to do with the ways in which our working memory doesn't work. While I'm recording this podcast, I have to remember what did I talk about? What didn't I talk about? Did I talk about everything I wanted to talk about with all these pieces of paper in front of me? This is a lot of times why I don't have show notes because typing out what I just wrote 12 notebook pages of is really difficult. I am going to try to get better though. I do, I do promise. So in the show notes, you will find a productivity guide. It's a freebie download that you can get started with. And I really hope that this episode educated you more on your ADHD or one of your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening and have a great one. Stay authentic, my friends. Hi friend, guess what? I now have a Patreon page. Go to my 
show notes and click the link to join. There's free resources and there's tiers that you can pay for where you can get exclusive content and coaching by me. Head to the show notes to get the link. Back to the show.